Blog Talk Radio. My life is leading me down the road that's so uncertain. Now I am left alone and I am broken. I'm trying to find my way, trying to find the faith that's gone. This time, I know that you are holding all the answers. I'm tired of losing hope and taking chances. together in the love and unity in one mind and one accord as the bodies of Christ sharing 
the gospel into the world. Welcome back to Warrior is a Child with your host, Dustin Fields. I'm going to be starting a new four-part series um, titled Time to Keep It Real. And real is an acronym. And tonight we're going to be talking about R. But just to give you a breakdown, we're going to, uh, of our acronym, if you want to write it down, R is for Revelation, E is for Angelical, A is for Anointing, and L is for Love. And we're going to be studying these four things and to how it really keeps us grounded and real in our walk with the Lord. Um, I would like to start the program off tonight with just a, a word of prayer to uh, encourage everyone as well as to pray over not only this broadcast, but the radio um, that my wife has been led to have for almost seven years now. And let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another night to be on the radio waves. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that whoever needs to hear this program, that their ears be led to hear this. If they need it at a different time and they watch this on demand or listen to it on demand, that they, they get it in the time that they need it. I ask, dear Lord, first that you remove myself out of this equation I ask, dear Heavenly Father, that the word that you have given me to open my mouth and be your tool to work through, dear Heavenly Father, brings forth anointing for your glory, dear Heavenly Father. This is for you and Jesus Christ. I pray that, dear Lord, that it not be of myself, but it be of the Holy Spirit, and let this word go forth into touching people's spirits, dear Heavenly Father, and resonating with them and letting them have more of a real and open their eyes to the relationship that they can have with you, dear Lord. I thank you for the many blessings that we've had, dear Lord. We pray for each one of our team members on the radio, dear Lord, that their their walk with you stay strong so that they can keep pushing forth the word of God as well. And we ask, dear Lord, that this not be recognized as a radio station for our self-glorification, but for the glorification of you, Lord, that the anointing on this radio station only bring glory unto you. And we thank you for your mercy and your grace in our lives, because without Jesus Christ and without his blood, we wouldn't even be able to come to you, dear Lord. And we thank you for that sacrifice that you have given us. And let us not take that for granted. And in your son's name and under that blood, I pray. Amen. Tonight, we're going to jump right into it. Our, as I said, this is going to be a four-part four series of an acronym of REAL, Revelation, Evangelistical, Anointed, and Love. I feel like the Lord gave me this acronym to... To do this study and it has helped me out significantly and I hope it can help you guys out as well jumping right into the R of revelation it is defined as an act of revealing 
something enlightening or astonishing. Really grasp that. This isn't just a revealing of something um, that isn't going to make you really stop and think or make you stop and and open your eyes a little bit wider or keep your focus on it a little bit longer to make sure it really sinks in. Okay, that's just something that may catch your eye. But this is enlightening or astonishing. Astonishing, you're just in, in awe, shock and awe. And you're just going to really want to bake it in, I would say, I guess. You want to stand and take a moment to really, whenever God has a revelation for you or gives you a revelation, it's just something that clicks within your spirit and you just know that there's nothing else. There's, There's no turning away from it. There's no wiping it away. This is something that's going to be with you and you'll never forget it and I was really looking into that and I really think a revelation from God is God revealing himself to you each and every way that he wills and the reason I say the way he that he wills is because I have heard some people say whenever they read the Bible, they don't quite get this or they don't quite get that or they don't understand certain things of the faith or they don't understand certain uh, parables that Jesus was teaching about. And this is the great thing about revelations because I think God is going to give you a revelation if you seek a revelation. If you want to stay with your eyes down on the ground and just walking forward and kind of being, I mean, we are the sheep of the shepherd, but if you just want to be a sheep and and kind of not really have any purpose to where you're going with what the shepherd wants you to do until you're forcibly kind of pushed into what he wants you to do, you know, not really forcibly, but we all know as Christians, some of us need a little extra push. I know I did for a while. And so it's good to talk to Jesus or talk to God and have that relationship and that openness with him to let him know, I don't understand this or I'm not 100% sure which road I should walk down. So I'm asking you to give me a revelation. And that's kind of what the song was speaking about um, that started off the program is there are times in this world of just endless and boundless distractions that we have. Cell phones, you could pretty much reach anything on it. You have your TVs, you have your jobs, you have kids, you have, you know, if you're in school, You have all these distractions that you think you're grinding the wheel with, and it can take your focus off of what God really wants you to have or what he needs you to do. And that's what we're supposed to be as Christians is finding our way through our Father, finding what his will is for our lives, and using that will 
not for self-gratification or glorification, but to glorify his name. And I really, truly believe that revelation is something that changes our inner spirit, not really our flesh, but it does change our flesh because our spirit overwhelmingly wants that in our life, that our flesh gives it up. And that's the best way that I can really explain like the revelations that I've had in my life, <coughs> excuse me, even being a born again Christian and the things that I did, oh, this isn't too bad or that's not too bad or it's not as bad as this. So I should be okay with it. I haven't really felt any conviction on this, but usually whenever you try to, I would say, uh, justify the things that are in your life or justify the things that you're doing in your life, whatever they may be. That justification is just something to tell yourself so that you don't really have to see or to deal with. And with revelations, I think is just as strong or right there with equally of conviction. You know that the Lord is convicting your heart on changing something in your life or something that he has asked you to do or lead you in. It may not actually be even to change, but but to be obedient. And that's this revelations that he can give us are just profound. And I look in our word and God's word, and it really strikes me with what Jesus wanted to tell us with revelations. And this is the most important thing that I have found in the Word of God to myself that really tells me something about revelations. And I'm not talking about the book of revelations, which is a wonderful book. Um, I don't want to mislead somebody about the revelations of just the book of revelations, but there are revelations throughout the entire Bible from the very beginning to the very end. And this is what's great about it. If you, if you take it as face value and you just read your Bible, you may not get nothing out of it, but you have to understand that this is a living word. This is something that God has inspired through the Holy spirit and that can, can only be, understood through the spirit and that's why we need these revelations every re revelation that came in the bible through the spirit and let me tell you and show you how in matthew 16 this is where we're going to be reading matthew 16 13 through 17 and in matthew it states 16 and 13 when jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, so he asked his all of his disciples, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say 
thou art John the Baptist, some Eliza, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets? He said unto them, But who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter, which we all know Simon Peter, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And the reason I picked this scripture out is because it really... Whenever God started talking to me about Revelation, this really stuck with me. And we have to get this grasped on verse 17. Now, there are so many people, verse 14, and Jesus is asking his disciples. And in verse 14, they give four different four different answers. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot of answers being spit out, you know, like, there's 12 people probably talking at the same time, and they're trying to jot all of them down. But they're sitting here running them out. You know, John the Baptist, which is hilarious because John the Baptist was, what, six months older than Jesus? And he he also was there at the, the river whenever he baptized him and told him, I'm not even the man worthy enough to loose your sandal strap. You know, so people knew who John the Baptist was, but, and then just the names that they have given are prophets, you know, which prophets were a big thing in the Old Testament and all the Jewish people that, that got to go to the synagogues and, you know, the churches at that time of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and stuff of understanding of the old scriptures of the the prophets that have came before he must have seemed like a prophet. But he asked specifically, who do you say I am? And I really believe that he stands in front of us before we give our heart to him and ask us that question. Because even as non-believers in this world, I mean, the church is so big that we get to see a taste of God you know, they have tried to mainstream Jesus' name to a, an unending an unending effort. And it it is a good thing. Jesus' name should be out there in front and the only name above all names, honestly and truthfully. But the churches of today try to use, let me say this differently. With the churches of today, believing in God and Jesus as the Son of God and our one true sacrifice, the churches also try to use everything else they can get people in to try to entice them into the doors and then try to talk about Jesus. But Jesus is saying here to Peter, whenever he asks who I am, And Peter could answer. He said it's not by flesh and blood. It's not by things that make us feel good. It's not by our emotions. That's not going to reveal 
the true Jesus to us. But it's only by the calling of the Father, in which Jesus has left behind for us the Holy Spirit. And so within that, I believe people's hearts are truly saved and truly get that revelation whenever the Father meets them and reveals his Son to them. Like the days that we get saved, the day that you got saved or I got saved. When I met Jesus, there was no doubt in my mind, without a shadow of a doubt, in my heart, my mind, my spirit. Their life after that point or before that point tries to lie to you and tell you that he is not who he is and that he was just another man, another prophet. He married this one or did this or did that and really didn't come back. And all those things that can pile up from outside sources or things that you've thought in your own mind. If you have the Father reveal something to you, you will know it without a shadow of a doubt. Whether you want to lie to yourself or lie to somebody else, you'll know the truth. And that's the way even new beginning Christians, Christians that have been saved for 50 years that want to do their ministries or they may not even have a ministry. The only way that you can get to an unbeliever is through preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, but also the Father's will to reveal his Son to that person. Don't get boastful. Don't ever think no matter how many battles you've won, no matter how strong of a warrior you are, don't think it comes from you. It comes from the Father. As Jesus gives us a distinct, specific and direct answer that Simon Peter only knew this because of the Father. That's the great thing about the revelation to me personally. And having a revelation is like it says in the definition, it's revealing. It's something that you haven't never seen before. It's like learning something new. And why do we need revelation from God? Without revelation of God, we wouldn't be able to understand the word in its true text, in its true um, context. Because without that revelation from God, like it tells us in the New Testament, if we don't test the spirits that we can fall into, even false prophets, and things of that such and we don't want to do that you don't want to just be led blindly by someone that says they're a Christian or someone that says they've been a pastor for 50 years because it tells us in the word those that are responsible for the word of God and that are responsible for preaching the word and and trying to preach the gospel they're more responsible for the blood that are on their hands And not only that person that's leading whoever or how many ever people 
to where they think that they should be going, it is always good. Not saying that if you're a member of a church or underneath somebody that you should just openly dispute anything that they are teaching or preaching. Definitely, as it tells us in the word, to take them to the side first. And if they won't listen and you're a strong conviction on what you believe to to take the elders and the brothers and sisters of the church and try to talk to them. And and that's the way we need to feed off of each other and our, our family of Christ that needs to be. It is good to follow a leader if if that's what God has called you to do. But don't do it blindly to the point where you're misled into false spirits and false prophets. Prophet. That's a really strong to think about, it. and that's why we need our own revelations from God to give us understanding and to give us the wisdom of the Spirit through the text and through our relationship with Him. And and we all have our own personal relationship with Christ, and that's we are all one body, and I get that. And we are all supposed to be this unit that works together to glorify God and the, and the church. Uh, not glorify the church, but to raise the church up and to strengthen the church to glorify God. But you can only do that if you are individually sound within yourself of having the revelation of, of the truth of the gospel. And I want to make sure that we're not taught incorrectly. And that's even with myself, please. As I tell people, I try to back things up with scripture as much as I can. And I try to stand. I try to have an understanding and a ground to stand on through the truth and through the Bible before I speak something out. And the, the reason is, is for that double accountants or how many ever triples, quadruples of accountants that I have for speaking this word out and trying to teach that I don't want to be responsible for someone's lack of or someone falling to the wrong side of what I say. And that's why I always tell people, double check, you know, read your word. Um, definitely make sure what I'm saying is from the word of God and from the truth. So, and I try to do that myself so that we're not taught incorrectly. Second reason why we need a revelation from God is his ways are higher than our ways. If we were left in charge, we would definitely have probably a lot more chaos in our life than we can ever imagine. And with that, God knows what he's doing. He is and has been and always will be. His wisdom vastly surpasses any that have ever even been thought of. He knows the beginning. He knows the middle. And most importantly, he knows the end. We cannot see into the future. We may get 
glimpses of prophecies and revelations through the Bible, and we are grasping to understand them. And the book of Revelations is so deep to me. I know we're not talking about the book of Revelations, but it's the final days. You know, so this is going off of we don't know the future. And we're we're grasping of every prophecy that's in the Bible that we know the answers. We know the answers. And God even says that we do not know when a thief comes in the middle of the night. We don't know what hour he's coming. But to be ready, be standfast and ready when he does come. Tells us no one will tell us the hour. Jesus does not know the hour. Jesus is waiting for God to tell him, go get my children. Okay, come on now. So if only God knows the future. So we need to put our trust in him and his ways being higher than ours, we should wait and pray and ask for revelations. And some people believe that the revelations of the things that they've said or what they think they know of the future may be believable in their heart. But unless the Father reveals it to you, it even tells us not through flesh and blood, but only by the Father which is in heaven can reveal us these things. His ways are above all. So why would we not want revelation to understand his ways? And another reason why we need to know his and have revelations from God is to know when we're going the right way or need to turn around. And they, these are things to do with being taught incorrectly and believing in our own way. Because you may feel right, like I said, you may feel like you've had a revelation from God and you think you're going in the right way. But whenever we have a revelation from God or that we believe we have one from God, how do we test the revelation? In all honesty, we test the revelations just like you would test anything else. And that's through reading of the word of God, praying and fasting, and seeking an answer. Confirmation. This is something that you don't just get an idea that pops in my head and say, you know what, this is from God, let's run with it, and it just all falls apart. And I'm not saying everything that God calls you to is going to be the easiest path. He may have things set up to see how far or how strong you are to push through with his strength to get where he needs you to be. But regardless, we need to know that we're on the right way and that we're fighting the right battles and we're being the right type of warriors. And we know how to do that. Number four I put down is our revelations from God, whenever you get a revelation, like, I don't really want to say they're more like revelations, but kind of gifts of God's that 
whenever he opens the word to me and I, I read a scripture and I have a new understanding of it or I see it in a new light, I believe it's for his glory to witness, not only to ourselves, but to others. And this is where a lot of preachers and and a lot of different people that have a relationship with Christ and a relationship with God and they they get these revelations you have to be um careful to understand what revelations are for yourself and what revelations are for others and really to know things and there's a lot of things that have happened for me that I feel like I've gotten a revelation in and it has changed my spirit as well as moved into changing my flesh that I want to share that I want to I want to scream it out I want to yell it from the top of my lungs and say listen this is it okay this is where your feet hit the pavement this is where I know you will not go wrong if you're right here. But then God pulls me back and says, you know, this is your walk. And this revelation to be revealed to you to get you where I need you to be. And that's great for me, even though I still want to share it so bad. And, and the things that I want to see. But if you preach or you talk or you reveal a revelation to someone that isn't ready to receive that revelation or to to really listen to what God is trying to say to you personally, then you may damage and or hinder that person or confuse that person. And, and I'm going to go into some prime examples um, that the Lord is leading me in, and it's such a great, a great thing. Revelations were happening from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, like I said. Excuse me, sorry. Some people say that, you know, the book of Revelations, that's, that's our prophecy book. We have other books that were prophecy in the Old Testament that were prophecies about Jesus's arrival and him being the son of man and the son of God and that he would be our savior. And reading those and people saying, you know, we'll have a savior and they think that savior is going to be instantaneously, which he was at that time, but he knew about his father's business more than we did and he, I believe he had more revelation than anybody else that has ever walked this earth, which is great in past time as well as now. And he knew that he had to be that last sacrifice. He knew that his blood to be spilt, his innocent blood, would be spilt to make our our altar that we used to have to in the Old Testament lay a sacrifice on to be only him, to be open. And that that's the greatest thing ever. But 
in their time of their prophecies and understanding. I think they were hoping for Jesus to stay with us and just, you know, eradicate everything around us and and make all the other governments fall and that we would have peace right then and there. And people that get to have the blessing of meeting Jesus and asking him into their heart and they, they have a peace beyond understanding for real. And this is a great thing. But let me get back to the revelations I believe that are in the Old Testament that I don't know if really people take it as revelations um, because these are things that are enlightening or things that are astonishing. And most people say that, you know, you hear the story of Noah and in the story of Noah in the word, he received a word from God and he obeyed. Now, this revelation was for Noah. It was a revelation. It was something astonishing. It was enlightening. It was something that changed Noah's spirit and his flesh to give all that he had into this revelation that God given to him. God gave it specifically to Noah. Noah tried to share it. Noah, I mean, anybody passing by, anybody, the word of mouth was telling everybody, this guy over here is building a boat in the middle of land, and he's nuts. He is flat out lost his mind. Because he says God has talked to him and he's supposed to build a boat. And people were not ready to receive the revelation that was personally given to Noah. Are you following me here? If you tried to witness your revelation to people, if God does not reveal that to them, it confuses them. It makes them kind of make you look kind of crazy. Because they don't understand it Anything that we don't understand That somebody else can do What do we do You know Another example That I really liked Was That when Jonah fought Jonah Jonah fought his calling Okay, Jonah was told to go to Nevaeh and Nineveh and go and preach the gospel. God gave him this revelation. And this was the bad part of town. You know, it wasn't somewhere that most people would love to go preach at. I mean, they're going to be welcomed with arms wide open. So he ran from it. And he got conviction by getting swallowed up. And understanding that revelation that God had given him, he finally said, Lord, yes, I get the revelation now. I trust in you. Send me where you need me. And God sent him where he needed. Do we, 
accept the revelations that God gives us or do we run and try to hide from it? These are all things that I've been reading and that I've, I've really thought about in the Bible whenever God is telling us about revelations. It's something that only God can do for us. And I'm sitting here thinking about the word. And you think about David. David's life was one of the lives in the Bible that was from his youth until his later years. It was very significant. And David in his youth, being a shepherd, fought off bears and lions. And he understood what it meant to fight. And he understood what he could do and what he couldn't do. And he also understood the importance of having faith in God. But we talked about him being down by the river and praying and fasting. I could only see or really imagine, I wish that revelation whenever he had those five smooth stones putting them in his pocket knowing having the understanding and the enlightenment to go I'm going to fight this giant God's got this and having a revelation of later on in his years we all know through the story of David that he sought another man's wife and committed adultery and wanted that man to come back so he wouldn't find out about it and the man stood charge at the gate for the army instead of going home to his wife so he sent him to the front lines and he had a child with that woman's wife and that child the way and it was like instantly David knew he had a revelation. He knew of his sin and he knew of why this child did not make it. And he repented of that sin. With our re revelations as well, the revelations that we get aren't always going to be the wisdom of going, hey, that's something new I've learned or this is amazing and astonishing. But being enlightened, knowing truth whenever you were blinded to it, before isn't always easy because you don't want to let go of your flesh. We're in our flesh and we want to have as much as God in our life as possible. We want to be the most anointed and closest that we've ever been with the Lord. But there's in this mortal body, there's always a war raging. There's always your flesh that's going to try to tug back. And none of us, and I could say this boldly, none of us are Jesus. None of us are perfect. They're, as my wise mentor used to say, it's not perfection. It's progression. It's progress. It's work. It's a race. This is something that we're going to learn. You should learn something new every single day. You should be working towards a new goal. Um, there should be n never an ending point. The only ending point is whenever you finish the race. 
whenever there's nothing in this flesh that is going to allow your spirit to go on on this earth, our race will be done to be in heaven. And that's our stopping point. And a lot of people, I think, try to stop just shy or they stop just a little too early or they sit back and they get too comfortable in where they're at. So that's that's what this revelation's about because honestly this is what this four part series of being a real Christian, being a real follower of God is about. These are not things that are done like a check. It's it's not a box to check off. These are things that are done every day, every week, every year that we're allowed to be here. These are things that you have to check every day. These are things that have to be renewed in the spirit. And the only way that they can be renewed in the spirit is to stay with God and in your relationship and in the spirit. And no matter 75 years, no matter how long, 50 years, 75 years, however many years that God puts us on this earth, we may be able to work in these things every single day. But don't be fooled or tripped up into a snare from the enemy to believe that you're untouchable, that you can't be tested. I mean... We go into what the revelation of Job had. Job had a revelation from God, and he gave his heart and his life and everything to God. And God blessed him in that. And he had multitude of everything that you can ask for. And the devil tested him. He was allowed to test him, but he could not take his life. And he took everything away except for his wife and his life. And whenever he took everything away, his so-called friends came around. And I mean, he didn't take his life, but he had sores all over him. His body was afflicted. He was in pain. So it wasn't just like he was only in sorrow for the loss of his wealth and the loss of his children and the loss of his home and his livestock, everything that he lost, he had all that sorrow in his heart, but he also had physical deformities that came upon him and physical pain that he was dealing with and why he is there in his suffering. He knew with that revelation to still Give praise to God. Even with his friends around him saying, look, dude, this might not really be the best bet for you. Look at what is going on. Look at your circumstances. Look at your surroundings. But Job kept his eyes and on the mark that he knew with the revelation and the wisdom that God had given him where to keep his faith in. His wife even told him, 
to curse the God that you've had a revelation of in the following that you do, curse him and just die. You are in so much suffering and so much pain, and we have lost everything else. Just curse him and die. So even if you have a revelation, don't get to the point where you think you're you're so revelated and elevated that you can't be brought down and that you can't be tested extremely. And that's that's something that we really need to look into and understand with our, our revelations and our understandings. Are they for us specifically? Or are they things that we feel like we're supposed to be sharing? And I just want to ask you guys, I mean, the ones that are listening now, <coughs> excuse me, and the ones that are going to be listening later with what you've heard here so far tonight and the things that we're taking in with the revelations that we've had in our lives. And I think our first revelation ever is like whenever Peter and Jesus were talking, the revelation of God revealing to Peter who Jesus really was. Ask yourself that question. Do you feel like you've had ever or have had a revelation? And a revelation is something that's going to enlighten you, and you're going to be astonished by it. And it's something that's going to change your inner spirit, your spirit. And it changing your spirit, you will change your flesh. Just like anything that we've had in our life with, um, let's say if you were a, a drug addict before you met Christ, whenever you ask God into your heart, and you ask Jesus into your heart, and you have that revelation that you know without a shadow of a doubt, you know from God the Father that Jesus is the Son, and he died for our sins, that revelation will change you inside to the point where you will change on the outside, and those drugs won't be there. I mean, that's what happened with me. I believe that's the way it would happen with anyone that has the true revelation and puts their faith in Christ, it changes something dramatically. Now, some people, it may take more time. I know that I've had other things in my life that aren't as bad as, or I should say not as bad as doing drugs, but sin is sin. But I've had other sin in my life that, took a little bit longer, some a lot longer to be removed from my life because it took the timing of God to reveal those things to me to where I would accept and not rebel against what God was trying to do for me in my life and reveal those things to me so that I can remove them from my flesh so that my outward appearance of my flesh would reflect more of my inward spirit and the love that I have for God. And I do believe my wife is listening. I'm going to um, ask her, even though it's a little bit before the halfway mark, 
I'm going to go ahead and take a small break here and play a song. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. We'll be back shortly after this song.
part of a four-part series called Time to Keep It Real. Real is an acronym for Revelation Evangelical Anointed and Love. And we're starting tonight as we've been talking about revelations, the R in our acronym. And the revelations is the first half we have really been talking about how individually people have been getting revelations four points of why God gives us revelations. And on the second half, I really want to start by trying to get an understanding of the revelations on this, the second end of it. We've really been doing a self-inventory and, and a self-look of the revelations that has, God has given us um, and how there has been revelations throughout the Bible individually as well as the book of Revelations is the entire book of Revelations is the prophecy book of what is to come. And we're, we understand that and we're really talking about more um, personal revelations. And here's something that's really good that worked for me and how I got a lot of my revelations um, about certain things was the way God revealed Proverbs 27 and 17, which is a very well-known scripture. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. And a lot of people take this as, you know, what does it mean whenever iron sharpens irons? So a man's a man sharpens the countenance of a friend. And a lot of people take it as, um, you know, you have a brother, sister in Christ, sister and sister, brother and brother in Christ, or your pastor, you know, kind of keeps you in line as far as knowing, you know, you shouldn't be doing this and you should be doing this. And you, you have an accountability between you know, yourself and your brethren. And it's really teaching to grow spiritually, mentally, and socially. Um, it's a really good friend. Um, anyone from a close friend to another person, you know, casually, whenever they give you that, that little wisdom to go and to grow um, spiritually or mentally, and that's that's a really good thing to have. But these people, the people that you use, not really use, but people in your life that you have, that God has put in your life to sharpen you as iron, these are the people that are going to help you with the revelations as well. Because even though, like in Matthew 16, in 17, whenever Jesus pointed to Peter and said, you know, 
you only know these things not because of flesh and blood have revealed them to you, but because the Father in heaven has. There was ironing, sharpening iron. Okay, Jesus, not through our prevail, but really think about that. Jesus himself is telling Peter, you're on the right track. You're doing good. He was sharpening Peter. And we all know later Peter, sitting at the table with with Jesus during the Last Supper, and Jesus said, all of you are going to fall. And Peter being, I guess, built up by this excitement of knowing who he was and, you know, getting that little smiley face during the group chat saying, you know, I would never deny you even if I have to go to death. I will never deny you. And Jesus told him, you know, before the crow or before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And in disbelief, later that night, Peter falling asleep arrogantly when Jesus was praying and he woke him and said, could you not just be with me in this hour, pray? And whenever the the soldiers came, Peter was there, chopped the man's ear off. With his sword. And Jesus stopped him. Not too long before that. He was telling him. God is revealing things to you. Only God can reveal the things that he is showing you. And he even told him. He's going to fall. He, he will deny me. He was trying to prove himself in the flesh. And used the sword to assault. One of the men taking Jesus. By cutting off his ear. And Jesus stopped him and said, if he lives by the sword, will die by the sword. And then he follows them into town secretly and denies him as Jesus prophesied or told him he would do. Now, that may have broke him for a moment and that may may have actually been beneficial to him to get rid of his arrogance and his boastfulness. But that was like our first um, New Testament, to my belief, the first iron sharpening iron, you know? And that that's even more amazing that he got to do it with Christ himself. But Paul... Whenever Saul became Paul on the road to Damascus and he was blinded and then he had to go to a home and be prayed for and he met Jesus and he started living for Jesus, his revelation of preaching the word, one of his top teachings was to be an iron that sharpens iron to help his brethren grow spiritually and mentally and to keep them on the right track and help them have revelations. And the reason I'm sharing this is because 
I believe, with our revelations and honestly with um, the other three parts to this real, keeping it real, um, is so important that we're not doing this alone. We're an army. We are warriors for Christ. And there has been stories and there's histories of people that have just been the one man, you know, run in there and take action, get it all done. I mean, look at look at David, even in the Bible, as we were talking about him earlier, about having revelations. And he walked in front of that giant alone with an army behind him that was still shaking. Some things you do on your own with the faith believing that God has got you and, and God backs you and got to get you through it. I understand that. But later on, whenever Saul, which was the king of the time, that David was there, was chasing him and looking to end his life because of jealousy, he had his friend, which was Saul's son, and his friend was there with him. He had that iron sharpening iron. Now, whether or not he was his true friend, if you really look into the story, but that's that's what he was relating to. Old Testament, and that's where Proverbs, you know, God revealed this in this in the scripture for that. Is it something that is ingrained, as I like to call, a God's truth? And a God's truth is undeniably irrefutable throughout the entire Bible, something that is on like the tops of the list, you know. So having your brethren or your, you know, your close friends in in the walk with Christ, this is where your revelations are going to be um really understood not just to go out and preach them to you know strangers or to try to give revelations to people that you know are really in Christ your revelation should definitely be um shared with people that are on the same path and walk with you that m- may get it some of your brethren may not get it and and there are times where whenever you're speaking even with brethren that you know like with Job and his three friends that were brethren you know telling them you know this may not be your walk sometimes that revelation just resonates in you so deep don't let it go don't let your your friends seek God's will and seek God's understanding um but don't let the seeds be e- easily torn away and believe in revelations of it comes as it says in the New Testament let me find this scripture for you because I hate um, quoting scripture wrongly but um, whenever it talks about 
some may plant, some may grow, um, or some may water. But God uh, brings the increase. So look for it. Here we go. Let me find the scriptures. As I'm talking about this, this is what I'm talking about with Revelations. Just like the Revelations, which I've been trying not to talk about, the book of Revelations. The book of Revelations is actually seeds that have been given to us that we do not fully comprehend. They are not all revealed. Some say things that have already happened in the world um, and different things like that. Um, that's that's what I'm talking about here, and it's not giving the scripture reference. Well, let me lower this just a little bit. Um, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarding its to his own labor. So even revelations that you may get um, from God may not fully come to pass the way that you think the revelation should come to pass. And another another way to look at it, as in uh, if you read Hebrews, in Hebrews. We believe it's chapter 11. It talks about all of the faithful ones that were in there. Also, Hebrews 11, verse 1, a lot of us know. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Um, but it goes on to speak about, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the world's were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through his faith, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. And then it goes on about how people in faith um, goes from Enoch translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. And for his translations, he had, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then we spoke about Noah earlier. By faith, Noah being warned of God, having that revelation of things not seen as yet, moved with fear or reverence of God, and prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. And it goes on and it talks about these things with people as far as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and 
looking for a city that has a foundation whose builders and maker is God. It goes on, but in later on in the chapter, I do believe it speaks about what I wanted to get to was... Uh, the the promises or the revelations the faithful ones had but did not yet see or did not obtain. Here is verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weaknesses were made strong, waxed violent in flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. My point was going to be with the promises or the revelations that we do not see come to pass does not always mean through what it's talking about with some may plant and some may water, but only God who makes things grow. He's the only one that brings the increase. And even though if you have a revelation, hold on to that revelation. God gives revelations for a reason. And even though Revelations may not be clear to others as clear as it is to you and as you think it should be just as clear to them as it is to you. God has a season and a time for all of these things and we may not see them come to pass, but do not let that discourage you. Because it's by what God wants in his will. And like I said before, in point two of our revelations, that his ways are higher than our ways. But that's why we do share our revelations with our brethren, our iron that sharpens us to be stronger iron. That's why we share this. This is why this is not an individual race as far as being in the brethren. We're all one body, yes. But we have our own individual salvation that we have to have, but we are in this body. So there is a singularity, and then there is a body. And in all honesty, I think even with the Ten Commandments being summed up by Jesus, um, whenever he's saying, you know, they were talking about the Ten Commandments, and he said, love God, which is a singularity, and love your brethren. Love your neighbors as yourself, which is a body. So you can't have one without the other. This is a God truth to me. There is a singularity and there is a body. And that also goes with this part, which will be in our other three parts, a singularity and a body. So what is your single Singularity, what is your revelation of God and what is your your personal revelations? What are you sharing with your brethren? And these are things that we need to really look at and to grow on.
And I do still have some time, but I'm going to be wrapping this up soon. Um, next week, we will have this show again, Warriors a Child, on Thursday. And we're going to be talking about E, which E and R, time to keep it real acronym, E is for evangelistical or enriched, okay? And we'll get in a little bit deeper with that next week, but that's just a little preview of what we'll be going into. Um, I appreciate everyone that was listening tonight. I feel like it is time to go ahead and um, we're going to finish up with the word of prayer. I hope each and every one of you have gotten some type of revelation out of this, some kind of enlightening or um, wonderful time with the anointing of God tonight. I want to thank my wife again, uh, Evangelist Montel Fields, that has faithfully through the glory of God, kept this radio on and uh, her host. And don't forget, here shortly, she'll be hopefully promoting her 700th episode um, on her seventh year doing radio, which is totally awesome. Don't miss that. It's going to be a great broadcast and program. Um, I do believe she's going to try to have most of her host on that program. And it's going to be one to listen to for sure. Um, Thank you again for tuning in tonight on Reaching Reaching Out Radio International on the show Warrior is a Child. And this is part one of a part four series. But I'm going to go ahead and finish up with a word of prayer. And if my wife feels led to maybe even play a song, Um, to end this out on after our prayer that would be great I do believe she's still listening and let's jump right into it dear Heavenly Father we thank you for tonight's word we ask your Lord that the anointing fall on it and the Holy Spirit work through it dear Heavenly Father as we before said before some plant and some water but only you bring forth the increase dear Heavenly Father and we we rely and we have faith in you that in your time and in your will that the the increase and the things that will grow from this word dear heavenly father will be in your timing and in your will and will be done we thank you again for all the blessings we thank you for the opportunity to be on the airways tonight dear heavenly father and we ask your lord that if anybody Anybody that's going through right now, dear Heavenly Father, for I know the struggles that I've had in my life, dear Lord, and the battles and the and the tribulations and that I've had to go through, Lord. People are maybe just searching for you, dear Heavenly Father, that they're looking to you, dear Lord, and their hearts are pleading to you, but they they don't they feel. They're not getting their revelation, dear Heavenly Father. They're not getting their answer. Let their hearts be softened to understand what your revelation is and what your answer is, even if it's not the answer that they're looking for. But give them peace in that revelation, dear Heavenly Father. Give them peace in that understanding and that wisdom that you grace unto them. Because 
we understand nothing we see nothing as jesus told peter that it's not by flesh and blood that things are revealed dear lord it's through spirit it is from you from heaven dear heavenly father it is only through your spirit that these things shall be revealed so i just pray right now dear lord that <clears throat> excuse me if anybody has had a wavering question on their heart or a desire to have an understanding, please give them that revelation. Give them that understanding if it is their time and it is your will. We thank you for all the blessings that you have given us in our life. And we just want to glorify your name, dear Heavenly Father. Let us not forget every day to forgive or to ask for forgiveness, dear Lord, for we are sinful in nature. Let us not forgive to purify our hearts and forgive those that have sinned against us, dear Lord. And we thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son that has covered us in a blood that will last forever. That we do not have to go through the traditions that they had to in the Old Testament of sacrificing animals. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for that glorious sacrifice. We ask, dear Lord, that we grow in you every day, every moment. Give us the wisdom to become wiser. Give us the instructions to have understanding. We thank you for that, dear Heavenly Father. And in your Son's name we pray. Amen. And amen. I never 
Inside this armor, deep inside this armor. 